against one of the better teams in the conference on defense. Dylan Gabriel is going to have to be better. And can the Oklahoma Sooners find a little bit more running room? We'll talk about it on today's episode of Locked On Sooners. You are Locked On Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Sooner Nation? Welcome to Locked On Sooners. Thank you for making Locked On Sooners your first listen every single day. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. My name is John Williams. Yes, it's still me, John Williams. You can follow me on Twitter at John9Williams. This is my buddy here, Josh Helmer. You can follow him on Twitter at Josh on Rep. The show is at Locked On Sooner. Subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. We're free and available on all platforms. And Josh, we're going to start with the quarterback position as we get ready for Iowa State. Dylan Gabriel has been really good this season, but the performance against Cincinnati has kind of left a lot of people with a bad taste in their mouth, and and rightfully so. I'm, I'm not going to diminish the the mistakes, the miscues, that fumble inside the ten. You can't have some of those things from your your quarterback and a guy who's a five year veteran of college football. Some of those things need to be gimmies for him at this point. Going up against a defense as good as Iowa State's, you need Dylan Gabriel to be on point this week no they do well first off let me just say i like the haircut it looks very nice my friend L- looking very sharp you've uh you've cleaned up nicely well thank you uh, dylan gabriel uh obviously uh yeah he's got to take care of the football though you know i almost put a little bit of that on jeff levy just because you know if you're not running gabriel to the boundary i know that he's got to take care of the football and all of that but you know, Gabriel's not a six foot three, six foot five quarterback that weighs 235 pounds. So, you know, he's uh, he's not a running back playing quarterback. So I get it. He's got to take care of the football. But a designed quarterback read is not necessarily conducive to Dylan Gabriel at times taking care of the football. So, you know, not to totally excuse away a fumble, but uh, I almost kind of put that more on the play call than I do Dylan Gabriel uh, you know with other quarterbacks maybe you wouldn't do that but uh, you know again that's not lack of awareness and somebody's coming downhill on a pass rush and you forget to protect the football so I almost give him a little bit of grace on that fumble but the other one right where you're you know, pressured a little bit, and all of a sudden you try and toss it to the side for a running back, and it turns into a backwards pass. That one, to me, is the one that, you know, is concerning for Oklahoma. The missed throw to Farouk. Okay, we can talk about maybe he was a little bit gassed or this or that. You know, I don't know. I'm a little bit more up in the air on was it Farouk being gassed or was it just a a Gabriel miss? And again, there's kind of a track record there that at times – Dylan Gabriel is not as accurate as you'd like Dylan Gabriel to be. So feel however you want to feel about the one Jalil Farouk play. There's some inaccuracies at times that have kind of plagued this uh, stay for Dylan Gabriel uh, in his time at Oklahoma. So I like the fact, though, that this week, John, Dylan Gabriel is the first guy to come out and say, hey, look, individually, I got to be better. Offensively, we've got to be better. There's some places that he he knows that individually he's got to clean up and Oklahoma collectively uh, needs to clean up. Am I super, super alarmed coming out of last week? 
no, I, I don't think that I am, John, because it's not shocking that some of those things would happen in the first game versus the best defense Oklahoma has seen. Now, having said that, okay, let's see some of that get cleaned up again versus uh, what I think is the second best defense, maybe the best defense that Oklahoma has seen to this point, definitely in that top two Cincinnati, Iowa state. So let's see some growth, right? Exactly. You know, the, that throw to Jill, Jalil Farouk, it just reminds me of being on the golf course and you hit the ball. And as soon as it leaves your club, you're putting your head down and grabbing your tee because you know, you just shanked it into the woods and you're looking around to see if anybody's going to let you put another one down because that's a, that's a throw he absolutely wanted to have back immediately after he let it go. I guarantee it. And he's going to be better. The question's going to be because Iowa state is such a good defense and they're going to be a team that requires you to be patient. Is he going to be able to be patient enough against the defense? that's likely going to drop guys into coverage and make them beat them one play at a time and not get a lot of, give up a lot of big plays, you know, look at just a, a little stat look here. Iowa State allows the fourth lowest completion percentage in the country at 49.6%. Now, they've only played Alan Bowman and uh, Cade McNamara at Iowa and whoever else at quarterback. They haven't, haven't necessarily played the best of the best at quarterback this season, but they've taken care of business against who they've played. Dylan Gabriel has been a fantastically accurate quarterback this season, so something's going to give on that front. Will he complete the 78% that he's averaging right now in completion percentage? Probably not. Will he be 68% or better? The, the biggest key here is just when you're given a layup, when the play call gives you a layup like you've had, you got to get it. You got to hit it. You can't clang it off the rim and watch it go back the other way. You've got to hit those layups when they're, when they're presented to you. I mean, that throw to Jalil Farouk, it was a wide open layup with the defense way back down the court and you're all alone by yourself. That's what that's that's what that is. I do think he's going to be better. One, you're in a home environment, so you're not going to have to deal with the crowd noise. That's going to help you and your offense just be in better sync, which they were not in great coordination uh, multiple times. Whether it was the the snap that went off his shoulder because of a miscommunication as as to the timing, or a miscommunication on the play call where Gavin Freeman. You know, went in motion and then was supposed to motion back and Dylan Gabriel tried to fake the handoff to air and then threw it to somebody else. There was just nothing was really in sync that day. And so I think Gabriel is going to be better. I think the offense is going to be better, especially in the passing game. And, and I think even in the run game, which, you know, that's going to have to be an area that Oklahoma continues to get better in. Well, it would obviously help Dylan Gabriel if they could alleviate a little bit of the pressure and, get this run game to a point that Oklahoma fans want to see it at, whether that's Marcus Major as your lead back, if that's Tawi Walker as your lead back, if the musical chairs continues. I don't think Oklahoma fans necessarily care, right, whoever's getting the the bulk of the carries as long right. as there's production behind it, right? I mean, I don't think that there's this emotional pull for it to be, you know, one back over another. It's just that collectively – it hasn't totally come together so far for Oklahoma and uh, Iowa state, you know, that's going to be not necessarily the easiest opponent to just go crease a bunch of runs against. It's kind of a unique scheme to sort of run against. It lures you into this false sense of security with, you know, 
three up front and then eight behind it that you're just going to go find, you know, 10, 12 yard runs uh, at a pop. And it really doesn't typically play out that way versus Iowa State. They're not great, you know, defensively uh, right now against the run, at least statistically on paper. They're 47th, uh, I believe, in that regard, which, you know, isn't bad, but isn't necessarily elite. Uh, defensively for Iowa State, and yet uh, we're going to see, right? We're going to see if Oklahoma is going to make some legitimate strides uh, the week before Texas. It would make you, I, everybody feel a lot better if, uh, you know, just collectively as a group, Oklahoma finds a way to go settle things down in the run game and run for 175, approach two bills versus Iowa State. Again, not saying that that's just something that you easily do, versus Iowa State but man that'd be uh that'd be a nice sign and again for Dylan Gabriel when we're talking about these pronounced misses that have happened John all of a sudden you can move on and forget about some of that if you can occasionally turn to the run game and go get six yards okay and then there's another nine yards that hasn't really happened consistently for Oklahoma to where all of a sudden you know the Jalil Farouk miss that uh, you have isn't you know a drive killer and a points remover for you or the play uh, in the backfield where you're trying to dump it off you know that happens on first down instead of on third down right or you name it right so the run game clearly has not been good enough and so that then amplifies some Gabriel misses yeah I'm hoping that the second half against Cincinnati is just a sign of what's to come that they were a little bit better than they were in the first that they've made some adjustments that they've got some things rolling hopefully that that carries over to this week. Every game is a little bit different. Every defense is a little bit different, but you hope that they built a little momentum going forward. We'll talk about a few more things that we want to see out of the Oklahoma Sooners this weekend against Iowa state. Later we'll have our weekly who you got segment where we pick some games against the spread uh, from FanDuel. Uh, we'll talk about again, can the Oklahoma Sooners avoid the cyclone surprise? It's a team that's played OU tough since Matt Campbell took over in Ames. We'll talk about that after the break. Nutrafol, don't want to miss out on keeping that hair, those lovely locks. You want them to be strong, baby. You want them to look good. Nutrafol, it supports healthy hair growth from within by targeting the root causes of thinning, such as, well, life, but stress, hormones, environment, nutrition, lifestyle, and metabolism through whole body health. Nutrafol, it works. In a clinical study, 84% of men showed improvement in their hair after six months taking Nutrafol men's hair growth supplements. So they've got the, the hair growth supplements, which are great. I've got uh, some shampoo in uh, in our bathroom that uh, I use religiously. It's great. Smells great. So, uh, you know, fortunately, the, the hair growth for me is, is going okay, but uh, I can definitely speak for the shampoo and the conditioner. It's uh, it's great stuff. It's uh, tremendous products from Nutrafol. So take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair for a limited time. Nutrafol offering our listeners $10 off your first month's subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com slash men and enter the promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE. That's Nutrafol.com slash men promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE. And thank you for making Locked On Sooners your first listen every single day. We're free and available on all podcast platforms and on YouTube. Hit that notification bell and that subscribe button over on YouTube to let you know when new episodes drop. And Josh, defensively, as we look at the Oklahoma Sooners and they get ready for Iowa State, I feel great about the direction that the defense is headed. And I really feel good about it going into this week. You know, one of the things that has kind of plagued Oklahoma at times is Okay, their defense hasn't been able to hold up 
and it's made games a lot closer against Iowa State than maybe they should have been because you know Iowa State's offense was able to to keep Oklahoma's sorry Iowa State's defense was able to keep Oklahoma's offense at bay, keep games closer, and Oklahoma's defense wasn't really able to respond as well. Now they win games, but in the Matt Campbell era, like they play Oklahoma really really close. Well, I feel like this year Oklahoma's got the defense to keep Iowa State's offense down and in check now there are going to be a few things the pass rush okay Rocco Beck's only been sacked once this year in four games that's really impressive actually I but I think Oklahoma's pass rush is ascending and I think we're going to see it take another step forward this week I hope so you know you're coming off obviously last week where Rocco Beck seemingly found uh, his sea legs a little bit and uh, they found something offensively with the 350 passing yards and his three touchdowns. You know, I, I do kind of feel like, you, you know, how's this secondary going to hold up, right? I mean, you, Iowa State does that. And yet, to me, John, if uh, Iowa State can't run the football effectively, which they, you know, really didn't run it for a ton of yardage last week versus Oklahoma State, even in a week where the – offense kind of came to life and found some things for Iowa state. So this will seem counterproductive. The the point I'm about to make here, but follow me on this, even though last week, Iowa state offensively found something in the passing game when they didn't really run it all that great, John, I don't know if that exists in the same fashion this week at Oklahoma. To me, they're going to have to be able to run the football effectively. Iowa state, if, uh, if they're going to keep this thing close, they haven't really shown that they can do that versus anybody yet so Oklahoma has upgraded itself enough in the run defense category I mean they just have really really improved there so Iowa State's got to show me that they can actually run the football a little bit because I just even though at times there's been you know looking into the backfield breakdown here the you know out and up route that uh, obviously Oklahoma and uh, Pearson got burnt on a couple of weeks ago. So I'm not sitting here trying to act like there haven't been some coverage bust at times, John, but those, you know, like the 2017 game that Oklahoma loses to Iowa state, you give up the 57 yard touchdown pass. We haven't seen a lot of those from Oklahoma. And then, you know, the in-between when there's been a coverage bust here or there, it's typically been followed by tightening up of the belt and then forcing a punt, right, or forcing a field goal. So that hasn't really been necessarily a characteristic that's been there for Oklahoma defensively in the past. So I guess to summarize all of that jumbled mess that I just threw out there, you know, Iowa State to me doesn't run the ball effectively enough right, to then kind of do what they did in the passing game a week ago because I don't think Oklahoma's just that susceptible if you're not able to play complimentary football. Yeah, so Oklahoma's only allowing 2.4 yards per carry this season, which is 16th in the nation. They're allowing just 94 yards per game on the ground, which is 27th in the nation. Iowa State's running game is not good. It is 125th in the nation in total rushing yards per game at 82.3 and they're averaging just 2.9 yards per carry. That's not a good formula when you're going on the road and you want to be able to kind of take the crowd out of it a little bit, relying on your passing game and your red shirt freshman quarterback on the road in a hostile environment like Gaylord family, Oklahoma Memorial stadium. That's not going to bode incredibly well. Now they might be able to hit a few pass plays here and there, 
but I just don't think that's going to be a recipe for success. One, their inability to have much success on the ground is going to allow Brent Venables and Oklahoma to kind of play a little bit more conservative. They're not going to have to run blitz. You know, they're not going to have to blitz to stop the run. So they can, they can run, you know, play to stop the run and then rush the passer. If that makes sense. Um, or they could even just get, say, go get after the quarterback. And then if those guys start you know, to run the ball, then we'll change it up. They can mix things up a little bit better and not have to necessarily rely on sending extra pressure to get to the running back. Now, I think they will. I think they're going to dial up a lot of interesting pressure looks for Rocco Beck just to keep him guessing. But I mean, this kind of plays right into Oklahoma's hands right now. You want to put you know Rocco Beck into second and third and long situations. Well, Oklahoma's defense has been really good at that this year, and that's helped them get the, off the field. Oklahoma's great on third down right now, and that's going to help them help them a ton in this game against Iowa State. Not that it just guarantees itself that Beck is going to fold like a house of cards, but really, you look at the start of his career here, John. This is the first big environment. Mm-hmm. This this is it. I mean this this is the one. You know, so. That, you know, angle here, I kind of like a little bit too, that this isn't exactly an offense outside of, you know, hey, last week, let's let's just give it a little bit of credit. Absolutely. They did, they did start to find some things, it looks like. And yet again, you know, this is Rocco Beck that went to Ohio. It went horribly for this uh, Iowa State team. And now you're talking about coming to Gaylord Family Oklahoma Memorial Stadium. So that, uh, you know, that's not a statistical breakdown of this game. And, you know, sometimes there's, can you quantify that, right? It's like some guys, it actually might work to their advantage, might amp them up a little bit and they go out and they, they laser focus in and they play better. And other guys, you know, it, it is a little bit of a factor. I tend to think for somebody that hasn't really been in that environment that it could, yeah, it could be advantage Oklahoma. Since Matt Campbell took over at Iowa state, here are the point differentials. 2016 plus 10 in favor of OU. 2017 minus 7. Iowa State wins that game. Uh, 2018 plus 10. 2019 plus 1. Uh, 2020 minus 7. Iowa State wins again. 2020 plus 6. 2021 plus 7. And 2022 plus 14. So this this win last year was the biggest uh win win differential point differential in a win for the Oklahoma Sooners. So I like that. Like Brent Venable's like, we're done messing around with Iowa state. We're going to win by two scores or more. And it doesn't matter who else is on the other side. We're going to, we're going to beat this team. Whereas Lincoln Riley liked to play things a little bit closer and make things a little bit more interesting and, and lost twice uh, to, to Iowa state. So it's going to be fascinating to see. And I think again, I've said it earlier this week. I've said it multiple times. The best thing that could have happened for Oklahoma as they look to this game this Saturday was Rocco Beck throwing for 350 and three touchdowns and them beating Oklahoma State. There's no way you can overlook them. You can't look past them because of what the quarterback just did and the recent history that you've had against Iowa State. You've got to take them seriously and you got to play them to the best of your ability because if you're not careful, we could be looking at a game in the fourth quarter that's much closer. We're going to talk more about this game and several other big-time matchups in Week 5 with our weekly Who You Got. We'll do that after the break. But first, we're going to talk to you about our friends over at eBay Motors. Passion, 
drive and patience what brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers roof racks exhaust kits led headlights and more whether you're into speed power or style ebay motors has got you covered with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die you'll always find exactly what you're looking for and with ebay guaranteed fit your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to turn your car into the mvp that brings home that win keep your ride or die alive at ebay.com motors ebay guaranteed fit only available to u.s customers eligible items only exclusions apply all right josh who you got this week with FanDuel providing the odds we're going to go through seven games including the oklahoma sooners taking on iowa state but let's start with this one this is oregon state playing host to number 10 utah is a minus three and a half favorite the utah utes playing great defense but that offense is looking awfully Iowa Hawkeyes right now. Yeah, it's uh, it's not been great, has it? And uh, and I like what uh, DJ Uyunglele is is doing with Oregon State. I mean, look, it's not not going to set the world on fire, but uh, I think he's in a situation that's comfortable for him. And I don't know that it was ever fully comfortable at Clemson. So no, it's it's at home. It's coming off a tough loss. Oregon State tried to rally back a week ago. And uh, the Cam Rising factor for me is is the biggest factor at play. Uh, his his inability to go right. I mean his un his lack of availability is is the most important thing here. I think that Utah's kind of been skating here a little bit, and I don't think they skate by this week. I do like Oregon State to take care of business at home. Yeah, Oregon State. I mean, they're a much better offense than what UCLA was able to put on the field with Dante Moore. Uh, at quarterback this past week, but I think it's game that stays pretty close because of Utah's defense. And because of that, I'm going to go ahead and take Utah plus the three and a half, because I think it, if Oregon state does win it, it's going to be on like a field goal, you know, and, and that would give Utah the, the spread win uh, coming up next. We've got a very interesting matchup down in the sec. The LSU Tigers minus two and a half are traveling down to Oxford or up to Oxford, I should say, to take on the Ole Miss Rebels. Ole Miss is coming off of a bummer of a loss to Alabama. LSU's really responded well since their opening week loss to FSU. Yeah, and uh, looked like maybe Arkansas was going to pull the uh, upset card over uh, LSU last week. But I I do think LSU is just the better of these two teams. And if I was going to be – you know, positive about Ole Miss. Well, they, they took a lot of that positivity away last week. It just, I would have expected Jackson Dart and company. You know, the talent obviously that Alabama has, but man, they just, uh, it just wasn't very good offensively for Ole Miss a week ago. And to me, that's a program that it's, it's centered around, Hey, can they go put up points uh, in a hurry? They didn't do that a week ago. So that that's kind of turned me off a little bit to Jackson Dart and what they're doing with uh, Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss. So I'm going to take LSU to go win on the road. 
Yeah, I like LSU minus the points as well. That LSU-Arkansas game, that can get weird sometimes, and so it doesn't surprise me that that was a close one. But I think LSU, Jaden Daniels is playing phenomenal right now, and I think they take care of business in Oxford. Uh, up next, another great SEC battle, a very historical rivalry. That's the Georgia Bulldogs going on the road to face Auburn. Georgia is laying 14 and a half as the favorite here. The number one team, the defending back-to-back national champion, Georgia Bulldogs. I don't know how you pick against Georgia. I don't care what the spread is. Georgia minus 14 and a half is that's how I'm leaning. Cause until somebody either covers that or beats Georgia, I just have a hard time picking against the dogs. Yeah. And uh, obviously 27, 10 loss that Auburn's coming off of last week to a and even if Georgia John right now doesn't have the offense to go cover that spread. I don't know that uh, Auburn has the offense to keep it within that spread against that set of uh, Georgia defense and playmakers. So I just think that uh, Georgia is going to find a way to win this game with uh, relative ease. So I-, I would take Georgia to cover the number. Another really interesting matchup, especially if this was uh, in May on Memorial Day weekend, Notre Dame is traveling to Duke the Irish are minus five and a half point favorites visiting the blue devils. Uh, like when I, the, the Memorial day reference is in reference to the NCAA lacrosse championship. The final four takes place on Memorial day weekend. This was the championship game. Notre Dame beat Duke. I'm going to think the blue devils get a little bit of a, a little bit of revenge here uh, from a loss that, that they suffered just a few months ago. I, I like Duke plus the points. I was big on, on Notre Dame and Sam Hartman. I really felt like they'd found something. And I think they do. I think they're going to have a really competitive team the rest of the of the way. But I was really surprised that they weren't able to put up more than 14 points on Ohio State. Now, that Ohio State defense is great with a lot of big-time playmakers. I just thought they could have been a little bit better. So give me Duke plus the five and a half. It might be a close game, and Notre Dame might win it, but I think it's going to stay a close game. Riley Leonard at Duke is playing really good ball. Yeah, I think uh, I think I'm probably in that camp too. I'm going to pick Notre Dame to win the game, but uh, squeaker variety. It, uh, yeah, I mean Ohio State's obviously got all sorts of uh, playmakers and talent, but you know, probably you got to put up more than 14 against anybody, and they had opportunities to go win that game. So a little bit discouraging that Hartman and company didn't do that a week ago. I'll pick them to win because I do think top to bottom, they're a little bit more talented. And Oh, by the way, now Duke is on their radar, right? Because of what obviously uh, Duke did to Clemson to open the season. So I'm going to take Notre Dame to win, but yeah, I probably say by a field goal. So then let's go to a matchup. that's a little bit closer to home. The Kansas Jayhawks traveling down to Austin to take on the Texas Longhorns, a top five team this is a top 20 matchup. Jaden Dan, or sorry, Jalen Daniels is playing really good ball. I'm really impressed by what I've seen out of Kansas's defense, uh, especially in that game against BYU, two defensive turnovers. Now, will Quinn Ewers turn the ball over? I don't know, but I I think they're going to put a little bit more pressure on him than what most people might expect. And I think this game turns into a bit of a shootout. The 16 and a half points that Texas is favored by, I think Kansas covers that. I don't know if they'll win the game, but I like the Jayhawks plus the points in this game. Yeah, I think I do too. Uh, it's a it's a tough one for me. It's like nobody nobody ever feels good picking Kansas. <laughs> well, and you know, obviously, you know, being on the road and everything. Though, yeah. hey, 
some folks would say it hadn't worked out too terribly and not uh, too distant uh, past for KU. But uh, I-, I need to, though, I don't disagree with what you said that, hey, you know, I, I see uh, folks flying downhill and jarring the football loose and it turns into a scoop and score touchdown for Kansas. I, I need to see that defense a little bit, take the show on the road and show me that they can can do that, right? Can go make those types of plays to hold this talented group of Texas skill guys. And uh, obviously Sanders, the tight end, and uh, Ewers is playing good football at the quarterback position. I'm going to take KU to cover the number, but I'm kind of right there on the fence about it. I think KU covers, John, but it sort of feels like Texas had him at further arm's length than that, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, possible. I mean, it's p- absolutely possible that KU rolls in and gets blown out because of what happened two years ago. You know, Texas isn't going to be sleeping on on the Jayhawks, but I just, man, I just think Jalen Daniels and the offense are are playing really good, and I think the defense is is playing opportunistic. And they're playing with a better edge than what we've seen in years past. So that's just kind of where I lean. Another game that's a little bit close to home here, the Colorado Buffaloes hosting the USC Trojans. USC is a 21 and a half point favorite here. And I get, I get that Oregon just blew the doors off the Buffaloes. I don't think anybody expected Colorado to stop Oregon. I just don't think anybody, I I think the surprise was, how well Oregon was able to stop Colorado's offense. Colorado hasn't stopped anybody really off on their, with their defense, but I think Colorado's good enough offensively to take advantage of some of USC's deficiencies. Uh, You know, Dylan Edwards is a good player. Uh, The, uh, oh man, I'm blanking on the kid's name. Uh, Joe Horn jr. He's a good wide receiver and they've got some skill talent. I don't know if USC is as good defensively as Oregon. I don't think they are. And because of that, I think you, I think Colorado is going to be able to cover this spread. Even if USC wins, they're not winning by 21 and a half in my opinion. Well, and obviously uh, you, you get to play in the friendly confines, which is, uh, you know, get that in Boulder and it's got the, what is a, a 9 a.m. start for the body clock for USC. Okay. So, I mean, that's, uh, you know, that's, challenging right i mean we'll see how challenging it is maybe we're making more of that than should be i just got some serious concerns about the way that colorado can protect shadur sanders i'm like you i I like weaver i like uh, horn so i I do think they've got some nice skill guys and i'm not crazy about usc defensively still but that colorado defense man i mean oregon could have named their score a week ago with caleb williams running the show i think it'll be more of the same I, I do think USC is covering the number, but I think USC is going to give up points too. So I, I'm thinking, uh, what what is the over under number at? Oh, I got rid of the, the, let me see if I can find it again, but I, it was pretty high. Well, suffice it to say, I think that uh, whatever the number may be at, I think that it's going to be right there at it and probably going over. The over under for this one was, 73 and a half. Yeah, 73 and a half. Gosh, that's a that's a lot of points, man. That's yeah. uh that's a lot of points. I'd have to I'd have to think about that, but I do think USC in the 40s and Colorado in the 20s, maybe, you know, 49 24, I guess that would be just just barely a cover, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is, I mean, that's very much within reason there. Uh Caleb Williams is playing great. You got to tip your hat 
you know, to the guy he's, he's playing fantastic football. I, I feel like he's the Heisman front runner. Um, if history doesn't repeat itself, he should win the Heisman trophy this year, in my opinion, because he's the best player in college football, but that Colorado offense is pretty good when they're rolling. So that'll be a fantastic one. Now this brings us to the game of the week here on locked on Sooners. And that's the Oklahoma Sooners hosting the Iowa state cyclones. Oklahoma is a 19 and a half point favorite over at FanDuel. I like the Sooners to cover. I'm sorry. I, I just don't fully believe in Iowa state offensively yet. I don't like, yeah, they put up good numbers against Oklahoma state, but they can't run the ball. And I just don't trust that Rocco Beck's going to be able to go into Norman and throw for three fifty and three touchdowns to keep them in this game. Yeah. I really look for Oklahoma to have another great defensive day and you know, I'll give 13 courtesy points to Iowa State, and I almost want to give them less than that with the way that uh, OU's playing defense and, you know, obviously uh, the struggles outside of last week for Iowa State offensively. So I expect Oklahoma to force multiple turnovers off Rocco Becht. I don't think that Iowa State will be able to run the football uh, all that effectively. And I'm hopeful that OU's going to be able to do that better than they've done so far this season. You know, be patient, as we discussed with Dylan Gabriel. Not try to just go for a bunch of home runs because this defense, they want you to try to do that. And then hopefully, again, yeah, the run game picks up a little bit. So I'm thinking I'm thinking 37-13 and, uh, you know, relatively comfortable victory. And I might have not given Oklahoma enough points in this game, John. Yeah, it's one of those that, I mean, yes, Oklahoma may just barely get out of the, out of the 30s, but I just don't expect Iowa State to get to two touchdowns or more. I just don't. Oklahoma's defense is playing too good right now to to sleep on. And that's that's kind of what it comes down to me, comes down to it for me. And that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Sooners. Thanks so much for tuning in and being a part of the show. Subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. Again, we're free and available on every platform. Follow Josh on Twitter at Josh on Ref. Follow myself at John Nine Williams. The show is at Locked On Sooners and Locked On Sooners Podcast on Facebook. We'll be back for more coverage following the game. Can't wait to see how Oklahoma beats Iowa State. Hopefully, this is the run game breakout. Uh, for the Sooners. But until next time, he's Josh Helmer. I'm John Williams, Boomer Sooner.